Don't try to teach your grandmother to suck eggs. Hello and welcome to the China Podcast. And a very warm welcome at that from the furnace that is Chongqing. It is hot. Um, yeah, it's hot. And I spent the last week, a little bit over a week, cleaning out my new apartment top to bottom in uh, this heat. Oh, uh, yeah. Were you sweating buckets? Uh, you better believe it. Um, had a little bit of trouble with the air conditioning remote as well. Um, you wouldn't want to do anything strenuous in this heat. It's, it's hot all the time. Yeah, but the only way around it is to leave the, the air con on pretty much all the time, a, yeah. a full blast. Yeah, and you get ready for the hefty electricity bill at the end of the summer. Oh yeah, they're coming, but it's totally worth it, you know. Um, like for the sake of a little comfort, you do need it. But the thing is, like I find in these these old buildings that no sooner have you turned off the, the air con, that it starts to really get humid again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if I, like I, I particularly find it in in the new bills yeah um, that like they don't do the best job at, at trapping the cold air and yeah. then again in the winter they don't do the best job at trapping the heat yeah it's a it, yeah it's a constant battle of heat, hot and cold and like most buildings here in China they're they're fairly poorly insulated like all the walls are concrete what, what are you gonna do you keep the aircon running that's what yeah and it's amazing to see how chinese people's behavior changes when they're out in the sun well if they're out in the sun that is because uh, whereas let's say you and i would yeah. be like desperate to make the most out of the good weather chinese people they do tend to stay indoors a lot oh absolutely and i suppose that's based on the psyche of a people whose climate is extreme Whereas you or I, we come from like a temperate climate, being Ireland, where it rains all year round and it's 20 degrees Celsius, that's in the summer and that's a heat wave. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> yeah. But it's almost a, it's a given that Chinese people will, they'll run for the shade when they're out walking. Yeah, I do that too. Um, like I reckon it's natural instinct more than anything. But you wouldn't do it at home um, or in a, in a less hostile environment. That's because there's less shade. That is true. That's true for the cities, at least, you know? Like, there's trees everywhere in the cities in China. Yeah, um, but, yeah, not so much back home or in in Europe, anyway, yeah. in, in, in a cooler climate. Um, but, like you say, there there's lots of trees here in China, and that's what I love um, about Chongqing, like, the fact that every street is lined with trees, with these huge canopies, um, that you can shelter under, um, and to be honest, like most cities in China are decorated with with tree lined streets, not just Chongqing, um, which makes sense in a country with such high summer temperatures. Well, it's the way of the future for countries with cooler climates that they'll need to adopt more trees in their cities to kind of combat global warming. The science tells us that the more trees means reduced city temperatures at ground level. What makes it more makes it more bearable for children and old people and and dogs and cats and stuff like that. And you don't need to be a scientist to realise that, huh? Yeah, that's um, true. But yes, like dog owners in China, be aware. Um, those footpaths are scalding hot, and dogs' paws can easily get burnt this time of year. Yeah, walk them in the morning and walk them in the evening, and not in direct sunlight. Um, or at least, at the very least, they're going to feel a lot of discomfort. 
Well, I, I mean, a person wouldn't walk the paths of Chongqing barefoot, would they? No. Uh, even if they led the hippie way of life uh, with flowers in their hair. Yeah. I'm also feel, feeling sorry for the poor dab eyes who have to test people all day in this heat, you know, as well as anyone who has to queue up for hours, of course. Yeah, the dab eyes in their full hazmat suits. Um, it's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah, I don't see the need for them. Like, what's wrong with a, a, a mask and a pair of gloves and a, and a stick to keep the distance? Yeah, and a stick. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, and it looks like things are kicking off in Shanghai again. Uh, but we've been there and we've done that, so let's not dwell on that topic no, again. No, 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 no. It must, it must feel like Groundhog Day for everyone in Shanghai. But to be going through that crap again at this time of the year, it must be very hard to stomach. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um and like we're seeing record temperatures in China this year, which makes it all the worse. Yeah, um, it it might not make such a huge difference for locals who like to chill out indoors, but for foreigners, it is tough, you know. Yeah, um, going back to trees, um, there is one big disadvantage to having tons of trees about the city. Yeah, mosquitoes and cicadas at night. Yeah, noisy cicadas. Um, it's cicadas I don't mind, but man, I'm getting eaten alive by mosquitoes this summer. Um, thank fuck for Florida water. Yeah, yeah. The the spray for the bites. The you see, you have the little blue bottle. I have the little yellow bottle. Mm. The 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 spray that stings so good. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um. So, Owen, uh, do you have anything good now to say about mosquitoes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. However, Florida water, that's one hell of a drug. What about magical penis wine? Oh, that stuff is way better than regular penis wine. Obviously, obviously. Um, Right, so let's hear all about it. Magical penis wine. Enlighten our listeners. It's one of these things that popped up on Twitter, and I I just knew we had to reference it on the the podcast at some stage. because one of these quirky things that you're likely to only see in China. So, right, in Mandarin, it's called Shen Bian Jiu. It's a product from Guangxi, um, and its production is supervised by Beijing Medical University. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, points to it being some kind of traditional medicine. Which is pretty much what it is, yeah. Um, it's an alcoholic health enhancer and is made using... Three kinds of animal penis. How wonderful. Yeah, so it, it can also go by the name San Bienjo. San, in this case, meaning three. Um, yeah, the three animals in question being the, a seal, a deer, and Cantonese dog. Oh, no. And in some other places I've seen snake yeah. being, being used as yeah, well. And now we're talking here about a Chinese liquor that has medicinal qualities and animal penis has been used as an all-natural Viagra for centuries. So somebody somewhere who enjoyed both a tipple and getting his horn on decided one day to mix the two of them together. It's a novel idea, sure, but it's far from practical. Yeah. Like, if you believe drinking... And Mickey is going to turn you into some sort of a sex Three machine. Mickeys. Three Mickeys. Well, it's better than drinking one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you're horribly wrong. You're horribly wrong. So to the most 
intriguing aspect of magical penis wine the taste oh yes 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 yes, yes indeed indeed now neither of us have tried it and we don't want to try it no, um but magical penis wine has been described as tasting like expired port with more than a hint of vinegar and some <laughs> prune juice i hear it's quite throaty <laughs> <laughs> There's a chap on YouTube, he once produced a, a skit infomercial for the American TV channel FX, in which he tried marketing three penis wine to the greater Chicago metropolitan area. Yeah, uh, called The League, although it's years old now. Um, penis wine is still a thing. You might think at this point that we're having you on, but magical penis wine actually exists, and along the lines of quirkiness, it's not alone in China. Let's talk traditional Chinese medicine, TCM, to give it its abbreviation. Um, something that everyone the world over is no doubt aware of. Uh, TCM is thousands of years old and in that time has remained largely the same. Uh, the general idea of TCM is that there is this life force in our bodies that the Chinese call qi. And any imbalance to qi can cause illness. Qi is comprised of the the opposite and complementary forces of yin and yang. When either one of the yin and yang have been altered in any way, the body suffers. Or so that is the widely held belief. There's something of the Jedi religion overlapping in all this because... Ancient Chinese scholars, they believe that humans are microcosms of the universe and are interconnected with nature and subject to all its forces. Which kind of makes sense considering that our bodies are composed of atoms. Yeah, I used, I read into all this when I was a, when I was a kid and it does, it does actually make more sense when you read into it. Um, and everything is compi- comprised of atoms and like we say... The balance between health and disease is the key concept. Traditional Chinese medicine, it seeks to restore that balance through different types of treatments specific to the needs of the individual. And it's believed that to restore balance, you must align the internal body organs with the five core elements, which are earth, fire, water, wood and metal. And treatments normally include acupuncture, which we all know, um, moxibustion, which is the burning of herbal leaves on or near the body. They did that to me. Uh, cupping, which is the use of warmed glass jars to create suction on various parts of the body, usually on your back. Yeah. Um, herbal redem- remedies, good old-fashioned massage, um, and then there's movement and concentration exercises like Tai Chi. Yeah, I've tried cupping before. Oh, yeah? And how effective is it? Uh, it was kind of effective. Uh, like, it's a very weird sensation, that, that squeezing, the, squeezing the tightening of the, of the skin yeah. due to the suction cups. Um, and I had it done on my back and, and was told by the person doing it at the time that I really needed it done. Yeah. Um, because the marks that were left behind were black instead of red, yeah. which is normally the colour um that they would be uh and that made sense at the time because my back isn't the best um hasn't been for a long time um but as for long-term effects i would say it didn't really offer much of a cure in the same way 
as a good massage or, or a visit to the chiropractor might yeah that's that's interesting um i think that tcm is only recommended in the west as a complementary therapy rather than a method of alleviating serious conditions acupuncture is probably the one type of traditional chinese therapies that people in the west would be most familiar with um and it's the most studied and widely practiced but on the contrary many herbal treatments they've been banned due to their ineffectiveness and high risk or the side effects mm-hmm. um yeah. a diet a dietary supplement which contains ephedra which is a chinese herb used in weight loss and performance enhancement that was banned by the united states food and drug administration the us fda um as it increases the chances of heart attack and stroke and in china so many animal parts that have been imported for traditional uh, medicinal purposes such as rhinoceros horns and elephant tusks just to name a few um they have been rightly banned too uh, and it's good to see that the the demand today for elephant ivory is at an all-time low yeah um and that's good news for the preservation of those species you know although like anything that is is made illegal trade continues on the black market of course yeah it does um but when i look at the chinese youth of today i see a wave of well-educated animal loving minds who want to go to the best hospitals and they aren't thinking about where to go shopping for the next elephant trunk definitely yeah um attitudes change with the times as well and and china is moving in the right direction uh is traditional chinese medicine a dying art um or is it still mainstream uh you and i don't know no it's probably worth us doing some further research at another time yeah i don't see why not um i do believe that there is some truth behind tcm and i certainly wouldn't write it off because if you look at old people in China, for example, they're fairly active. Uh, we've spoken about them before on the podcast. Yeah, well, I think this is my, this is my personal opinion. No, my personal opinion is that there's an awful lot to be said for a placebo effect because 90% of the medicine has been tested and that which is effective is now medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, if, if it feels good for the old people to eat a seahorse, and 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 it makes them feel like they have a bit more energy than great eat the seahorse mm-hmm. you know and we're talking uh and actually, a seahorse that has been cr- dried and crushed yeah yeah These are just little little flakes little flakes little little baby bits of seahorse yeah. yeah you buy them in any any chemist or um any drugstore um but yeah if that gives them the energy to be up at the crack of dawn to walk the grandkids to school you know fair play yeah which is sometimes far more than i would do if i had no obligations to get up in the morning yeah um so yeah these are people who have obviously always cared about their health and whatever it is they've done has paid off works for them and a great posture too which a lot of people especially in the west tend to neglect uh i know i do uh i have terrible posture absolutely awful uh, I, I can't walk upright yeah. in the way that I should. I've been doing a lot of I do been been doing a lot of work on it the last little while. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, that lack of good posture yeah. might go a long way in explaining my bad back. Yeah, 
I do have trouble sourcing paracetamol or ibuprofen here though, you know, uh, any kind of painkiller that eases pain or, or headaches, especially headaches. Yeah. Well, now you have a chance to stock up when you go home for a month. You can bring us all back some. Yeah, I'm away to the airport tonight. Uh, it's all very sudden, all very sudden. Uh, my flight is at 1am. We are recording here on a Monday. Um, so if you're listening, I'm already at home, and home being Ireland, yeah. hopefully. You must be excited as fuck. Like, how long's it? How long's it been since you're back? Three years or something? Yeah, about about two and a half, give or take a month or so. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I am terribly anxious about the whole trip. Um, leaving China right now with the intention of coming back on time is a gamble. Whatever way you look at it, it's a gamble. I have some friends and former colleagues who they've either taken or are going to take the plunge and go home uh, for a holiday. So one thing you can say is it is evident that more and more foreigners are willing to take that gamble. Oh, yeah. Well, the years are rolling on and China doesn't look like it's moving away from its zero COVID policy anytime soon. Um but they've recently halved the amount of time required in quarantine from 21 days total to 10 days. It's now, uh, it's seven days and three now. Yeah, seven days in a hotel, uh, three days at home. Although I've read of somebody who recently returned to China and wasn't confined to staying at home in their apartment for those three days. So yeah, they they just needed to do a couple of COVID tests. But I th- I, I think they could go out and wander about i have i have a i have a a a story of somebody who was meant to be doing the home quarantine and um i may or not know that person quite well and during the home quarantine they wasn't expressly said to them you have to do the home quarantine so they weren't aware of it Mm -hmm. and they just went about their business yeah and about three days later, they were meant to be doing seven days of home quarantine. About three days later, they got a phone call. Said, "Oh, the testers are going to be around to you now in a second For and and she went, "What?" And oh yeah 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 no no I'm quarantining I'm still at home. She said as she was sitting beside me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. But wow. yeah yeah it's not it's 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 up to the discretion of the local community the local the local area. Um, to, to tell you mm. they have to they mm. have to enforce it like so this building will have to enforce it for you yeah um which will get people talking yes. gossiping um but yeah you're 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 probably right um but either way it doesn't matter um it'll just be a huge relief to get back without any hassle um but the the new quarantine regulations really sealed the deal for me because the opening of the new Madrid to Chongqing route had got me thinking originally. Um, But at that stage, I was looking at 21 days in quarantine, which is mentally very, very hard to get your head around. Mm. Um, But to sacrifice a week instead, you know, for the ability to go home and see family and friends, that I can do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this summer is probably as good as any because you might still face the prospect of quarantine this time next year. That's what I think, yeah. I think that's very true. Um, But the fact that we now have shortened quarantine and more direct flights uh, out of China is is massive. 
you know, it's, yeah. it's hugely encouraging. So going to Madrid, what do you need to do? I need my vaccination certificate. Um, I need a QR travel code from the Spain Travel Health app, um, which I've downloaded and done. And I also need to fill out a Chinese customs declaration when I leave China. Yeah. Is that the, is that the same, the standard declaration before you leave, the one that, they, that you have to do on the... They, they sent me a... Um, I think you do it through WeChat. Oh, so it's not the little yellow slip? Uh, no, that's the, no, that's like the standard yeah, one. This yeah, is yeah. more um, COVID-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you got to, I suppose, declare that you are healthy, that you yeah, can board yeah, a plane yeah, and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I've been told by the airline that a, a COVID test is not mandatory. Yeah. And I did not get one. Uh, so hopefully nothing changes in the next few hours. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's the return journey that is tricky as it involves two embassies and a whole load of COVID tests. Yeah. Um, at least four, I believe. Um, yeah. All within 48 hours of travel. Oh, uh, lovely. But the airline company that I'm flying with, Hainan, they've been great. They've been exceptional. Um, they've guided me through the whole process, uh, what I need to do before I leave China, what I need to do uh, when I come back. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I'm sure they'll yeah. be in touch with me again before, well, I, uh, before I fly back yeah. to Chongqing. Well, I flew Hainan before as well. Um, they're a good airline. Uh, so you're away for four weeks. Yeah. And you got your ticket sorted for a music festival, don't you? I sure do. Um, and I am extremely jealous. Of course you are, yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And as for the pos- podcast, it's not going anywhere. I'll still be here and I'm in. I'm working on an exciting plan B for the next number of episodes. Yeah, the um, show must go on. Uh, maybe a new co-host. Uh, co-hosts, possibly. Oh. Um, we, we, we're going to try and rack up those interviews. Yeah, not a bad plan B at all. Yeah, I have to get a table, just, just a table. But yeah. I, I have it sourced and I have mm. it ordered, so it has to be delivered. Yeah, we have um, a new, or you have a new um, little little room for us to little room, record. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you say is ideal. Oh yeah, you'll see it now in a minute. You'll see it now uh, when we're done with this. When we're done with this, happy days. Um, and it's it's something different. Um, now speaking of traveling, we want to talk next about something that we've been putting off for a while um and that is the chinese jack kerouac uh yes this is one i had penciled in months ago um for us to chat about and now we're finally finally getting around to it uh all right jack kerouac who is he uh he was an american author a central character in the 1950s beat generation of writers that included Allen Ginsberg and William S. Burroughs, among, mm-hmm. amongst others. Um, and he wrote, arguably, the defining piece of work of the time, On the Road. The novel inspired many like-minded young people to abandon the constraints of society, swapping it for a life on the road instead. Now, fast forward 60 or 70 years to China. And let's give you some background here. We mentioned earlier the youth of today, how they're more educated and hence career driven. Um, But they exist, whether they like it or not, in a society that comes with enormous pressures. From the pressures of raising a family in the vision of their parents to the pressures of material possessions or the pressures of that demanding 996 job. Well, since April 2021, 
there has been a silent form of social protest amongst disgruntled young people called Tang Ping, or lying flat. It's basically a rejection of the societal pressures that we just listed, um, where instead of submitting to the 996 work culture, young people are instead choosing an alternative lifestyle where killing yourself working is not the order of the day. It has been described as a resistant movement of sorts, as well as the Chinese equivalent of the hippies' counterculture movement of the 1960s. Yeah, the phenomenon, and I think it's fair to call it a phenomenon, began in April last year uh, by a Baidu user called Lo Hua Zhong. Um, and he posted on social media his reasons for wanting a low-key, minimalist lifestyle. Five years earlier, at the age of 26, he quit his low-paid, meaningless factory job and he hit the road. He cycled 2,100 kilometers from Sichuan to Tibet and he now spends his time in his hometown in Zhejiang province uh, studying philosophy and he survives on a small income from part-time work. His story and the, the term that he inspired became a buzzword across China, so Chinese social media. Uh, young people subscribe to this spiritual notion of living, choosing to prioritise their psychological well-being over economic materialism, which is now, which is how a, a minimalist lifestyle is supposed to work. And it's funny that we compare the lying flat movement with that of the hippie counterculture, uh, which originated in the USA, because this movement now rejects the idea of the Chinese dream. In many ways, that the, you know, that the counterculture movement of the 1960s rejected the American dream. Yeah, and on that point, Tang Ping is a matter of getting over the, the beatings. Much in the same way that the beat generation of the 1950s um, um, in America, they felt beaten down by, let's say, a scripted life. Yeah, which is a given in China. Yeah, it absolutely is. Now... In America, disillusioned dropouts such as Kerouac and Ginsburg, they straight up rejected the core values of middle class America in favour of literature, spirituality and enlightenment. For them, in order to write well, to gain the inspiration they were after, it probably required them to basically choose an alternative lifestyle. Yeah, Kerouac actually struggled to write anything before he hit the road. Yeah. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. As they say, as they say. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is visually presented in the film adaptation of the book. It's a decent movie. Um, got a nice jazz soundtrack running through it. Yeah. Uh, which you'd love, of course. Yeah. But you see from the very off, this guy, he's just bogged down with, with his normal life. And when he comes home, he goes to his room writes a little bit, then scrunches up each piece of paper he's been working on and just fucks it in the bin. Yeah. Um, Sam Riley, he plays Jack Kerouac in the movie, doesn't he? That's him, yeah, that's him. Um, he also played in Curtis in Control, which is an exceptional film, by the way. And he's a good actor, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering now, like, will we see some kind of Chinese beatnik movement happening? You know, that's that's going to inspire works of art similar to the likes of Kerouac and all back in the day well there's there's definitely lots to be inspired about from living in China whether you're in a city or up on a mountain and 
even though Jack Kerouac's books are becoming more popular in China, you do have to factor in censorship. Because if you're going to write a novel with aspirations of a Chinese counterculture movement that rejects societal norms, then you're kind of criticizing the values being promoted by the establishment. And that's not going to get you published. Yeah, true enough. And the CPC, uh, they are no fans of Tong Ping or Lying Flat. Um, they wholly reject the idea and have issued state media with orders of ridiculing the movements, which they did. Um, and that was the general response as soon as the whole idea took off last year. Yeah. Now, this fella, Luo Hua Zhong, he is not our Chinese Jack Kerouac. That title reserved is reserved for a guy called Zhang Xinyu, who is an adventurer traveler that has made a name for himself online. And we need to rewind to 2012 because Zhang and his fiance spent most of that year traveling to places that wouldn't really be at the top of everyone's bucket list. Um, how about going to war-torn Somalia or Chernobyl? Well, that's where they went. And this couple decided to escape from the rat race and try something completely different. But it's important to establish that they weren't a pair of beatniks. They did actually run a moderately successful jewellery store franchise. Mm. Um, but they, they packed it all in to go travelling instead. And they decided to film their journey as they went. Um, the result was a 15-part documentary on uh, Yoku. That's Chinese YouTube. Um, and it, it, called, it was called, you'll never guess what. Oh, go on. on the road. Ah, there we go. Uh, and the series received more than 100 million views with people declaring their encouragement to do the same. Um, there's a group on the Chinese forum site Douban called Quit and Travel, which at the time had 200,000 like-minded members who all desired to swap their jobs for travel. Yeah, Naked Resignation, it was called. Yeah. Uh, you know, the idea of quitting your job without having a replacement lined up. Yeah. And some white collar urban Chinese, they're now subscribing to the notion of taking a travel sabbatical. A viral tweet on Weibo, it listed four main dreams. One was opening a cafe in a city. Two, quitting your job to go traveling around Tibet. Three, running a small inn in Lijiang in Yunnan province. I like that one. Yeah. Um, and number four, cycling to Lhasa the capital of Tibet. Yeah, that's real Jack Kerouac right there. Yeah, that is the definition of Jack Kerouac. You know. Yeah, but while all this sounds romantic, it remains just a dream for most people. Mm -hmm. um, it's a luxury for the Fuardai, meaning the rich second generation, or yeah. in other words, children with rich parents. Uh, and we need to keep that in mind too. Um yeah, that's that's the grim reality of life, and it's yeah. it's like that in any developed nation. Uh, it's a catch twenty two, really, when you think yeah. about it. You know, why work for a living when you kill yourself working? Yeah, the daily grind. But Zhang, our Chinese Kerouac, he argues that he's a self made man, that he worked from the bottom up, and he never went to university or held an office job. So the possibility remains of doing something similar, even if just for a brief spell. Just make sure you're on good terms with the boss. So 
they give you a nice extended break and they hold your job until you return yeah. you wouldn't want to be going that far today though um, not, in, not in this heat in a matter of hours I will yeah I'll be going far yeah ah, you don't need to rub that in you know. you're, a, you're a bit of an old um, right but you're back to <laughs> us in August yeah, mid-August, all going well. And I presume you're all packed. Um, well, you look Pre- like... Pretty much, yeah. pretty much, almost. Yeah. You've, you've, I, I seem to have packed T-shirts more than anything. Yeah, I think... Um, but, I, you know, I might not have the weather for strutting around in my Uniglo. Yeah. Head to toe in Uniglo. Yeah, well, great place to buy cheap clothes. Cheap, comfortable, and, and decent quality, actually. Yeah, thanks for Uniglo. Anyway, we'll wrap it up. Um, we've noticed we're getting new listeners all the time and we're delighted with that. Yes, we are, of course. Um, someone is doing a power of listening in Peru. So thank you for that, whoever you are. Uh, lots of countries in Southeast Asia are now on board. Woo-hoo. And there's even someone in Estonia who gave us a listen. Very nice. Um, we're also in the Caribbean, Jamaica. Yeah, that's what they've, we want. They've chipped in. Um, so yes, thank you. For giving us your time. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so Owen is going to hold forth for the next while, so tune in and enjoy whatever he decides to cook up for you. Cooking up a storm. All right, uh, we'll let you go. Toodles. <laughs> <音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音>我有时候一天都不说一句话我不说话就是骂喝人家我不说话就是抹大我晓得的骂大一直骂大我的就是说社会上的走路的人可怜我的意思你不晓得别人是么回事<音